Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. I want to write of adventures, not have them, but I suppose one more time will not hurt. <laughs> That's Loyal on page 263 of The poor, Shadow Rising. Poor Loyal. We'll get to oh. it. We are rereading the books in advance of the TV show adaptations release, talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite moments, and digging into all things Wheel of Time. And we do have some pre-discussion notes. We do. It feels like 6,000 years ago that this happened because it was, like, right after our last recording. So we've had to wait, like, two weeks to talk about this on air. Although we talked about it on Twitter and on Patreon. So (laughs) (laughs) there has been discussion. But Entertainment Weekly has an exclusive for the new show from Amazon, uh, reported by Christian Holub on August 18th. And really, to me, I was like, well, I guess there are some words here. But really, all I care about is these photographs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's true. I, I mean, there's they look really good. They do. It The the feel of it looks really good. Like, the everybody looks great. My trash sucks. Yeah, Matt Cowthen, and of course Daniel Henney. Yeah. God bless MVP. Um, but yeah, I think it looks really good. There is some discussion, I think, happening about Perrin. Oh yeah, and a certain piece of jewelry he is wearing on his ring finger. Oh boy. So we will see what that ends up meaning. I know there are rumors. I know that peop- there are like you can you can see it on the message boards. I I don't really want to put it on the show necessarily because it is rumored and mm. we don't know if it's going to happen. But maybe we can do a Patreon post about it. Okay. Okay. Secrets. Maybe. We have secrets. Um, but oh, I hope that the rumors are not true. Is what I will say. Hmm. Hmm. Can we talk about how I need, like, half of these coats and definitely Egwene's boots? Yeah. I feel like the costuming is already really great, especially when you have a series that has such iconic costuming in it. Yeah. With the, like, you know, at some point we're going to see Rand's red coat and and Matt's green coat and all these things. Like, I'm very excited to see them on screen and maybe... <laughs> Do you remember, like, in Sky Mall, when Sky Mall had that, like, every Sky Mall magazine had the, like, Lord of the Rings session, section oh, yeah. where you could buy, like, every single thing from Lord of the Rings? <laughs> That's going to exist for Wheel of Time. You know that, so Amazon, right, obviously they sell everything. Like, right. do you think they'll have, like, a line of clothing, like, a whole, like, Wheel of Time line? The pro- the production company or who, who whoever owns – I don't know who – I guess the thing with Wheel of Time is who owns the retailing Merch rights, rights yeah. to it because I would not be surprised that we see it show up in like Hot Topic and mm. um, Her Universe and those kind of places oh, yeah. for like call. geek culture fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, everybody looks amazing. So that's Rep- – <laughs> pretty excited about it yeah that's really all i have to say about that <laughs> and then it's it's coming in november and we're gonna have to start thinking about how we're structuring our release schedule for the bur- books versus the television show yeah and if we want to do i don't know we're gonna talk about it if if you are listening and you have thoughts please mm-hmm. let us know on what you kind of want to hear from us and and how 
because we are not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think our, we're planning on being done with the Shadow Rising at the time of release mm-hmm. of the first episode. Like, that's our goal. And then what happens next? TBD. Definitely inform us of your preferences if you have some. Oh, speaking of preferences. So our last episode was real long. And we decided not to split it into two because it was an awkwardly spaced thing. But I did accidentally leave our second intro in. (laughs) Did you? I did. I didn't realize it until somebody was like, hey, I I thought there was something wrong with my podcast player i was like i'm That's so sorry hilarious so we're, we're just over here doing the thing y'all um so we took a poll on on patreon to see if people had feelings about the longer episodes or like wanted us to do less chapters and everybody said they were fine for the most part with the longer episodes so that's what we're doing these are maybe going to be longer than an hour <laughs> this is just what's happening because they're so they're I, you know the thing we realized last time is that now it's like we're not just talking about what's happening on the page right now. We're talking about how it is fed by things that have happened. There's all these layers of information that we're trying to parse out. There's character development that's going in certain directions. Like there's just there's just so much context is the word I'm looking for. There's so mm-hmm. much context now for all of the things that are happening that it's really hard to not take longer. So I think this is just what it's going to be. <laughs> yep. So thank you for joining us yes, for our sorry. long rides. Here we are. Um, speaking of which, let's get into it. Yeah. Chapters uh, 9, nine through 16. 16. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did we just read? What it literally, literally, <laughs> I finished this. I finished the last chapter like eight minutes ago. <laughs> oh. uh, okay. I really, so... I do very, very much want to discuss the the top of chapter nine because the POV shift is so weird. Yes. Okay. This was in my notes as well. I was like, wait a minute. What? Suddenly we have third omniscient? When right? Has, that has never happened before like, in four we, books. <laughs> we've spent the entire series so far in a close third. Yeah. Like that is what we have been reading. Close third. And all of a sudden we have third person omniscient. And I was like, what? Yeah. In the middle of this book. Yeah. And it's not like, like, I was like, oh, maybe this leads to like a big time jump or something. Like, I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> no. no, it's three days. It's so weird. When I first realized what was happening, I was like, oh, did I read that wrong? And then no, I was like, nope, he just, just decided he's suddenly switching how the POV works. And then for the rest of the section, it doesn't happen again. So no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah. I'm very curious if we're ever going to see this happen <laughs> at all no again, because it starts with Matt. It starts with like an omniscient narrator with Matt. And I was like, why are we so disconnected from Matt? Like, yeah. maybe this is because like how we talked about last episode, how we're getting pivotal Matt moments from other people's perspectives mm. to because it's just a little more interesting yeah. that way. Um, but no, nope. it's <laughs> it's everyone. <laughs> It's, yeah, because then, like, four paragraphs later, you're in Perrin's head, kind of. Not really. Not really. It's someone telling us, as opposed to being in Perrin's head as we yeah. usually are, though, again, close third, not first person. Um, it's, it's like someone narrating, literally, like, narrating his life for us, but from, like, a distance. Yeah, yeah. And then you get a Gween, 
And then you get mad again. And then it's like, I don't even know. I mean, uh, it's weird because he's, he's using it to set up goals for them, mm. like very clear goals for what's going to happen. Like, I feel like. Matt is because he's just like stressing about how he doesn't know anything. And so he has to like figure out what's going on. He's like not nobody's dicing with him anymore, but we're not really getting his like feelings about it. Then Perrin is trying to figure out a way to get fail the fuck out of the city Mm -hmm. by like finding an adventure to send her on, which is like so condescending. (laughs) I'm so furious with the way their story went. In oh, this it's section. not good. This it's is a bad section. So bad. Um, we're getting like their perspectives on each other, sort of, but again from a distance. And then like we have Avienda and Egwene. And Egwene's like, trying to figure out like what to do about these two different stories they've heard from the Aj- the Black Aja that they've captured. And then Elaine is like running around with Matt. I mean Ram. I, I was like, me. what? Nope. <laughs> names hold on which is it's like it's like kind of sweet but it it does feel very like mon it's a very like montagey fast forwardy yeah. prologue sort yeah, of thing yeah. which is a weird but, thing to have in chapter nine yeah in the middle of a book it's so strange and then like literally and rand yeah to like kick off rand's part like what i was like thinking of like those old disney cartoons that open with the prologue and Mm. someone telling you about what's going on (laughs) like that's what this felt like yeah i was like where's that rooster from robin hood Well, okay, so but then we actually stick with Rand for a while and we see him we interacting with these Terran lords who are like not doing the thing he wants them to do. He told them to make a treaty for Maine and Berylane and they've like done not that. And so he like lights their stupid piece of paper on fire with the, the I just wanted to say the force with the, with the one power. <laughs> aka sort of the force kind of the force Um, kind of a little bit the force i will say very briefly to jump back to elaine because it's related i really liked in elaine's section how like the thing she's kind of most excited about with rand is that he's listening to her and taking her advice it's a good point it's a good which is like very very sweet you know Um, yeah she's like made herself very available to him to help advise on matters of state basically mm -hmm. which she is super qualified to do and and he's good on him yeah and he's like he's definitely availing himself of her help which is yes indeed especially in this gender binary world like a man listening to a woman who knows something like what madness Um, do you think okay here's a question so, like, we have this section that leads into more Rand. Per- like, then we get into back to close third with Rand. Yeah. Um, just in time for Lanfear <laughs> <laughs> to show Lanfear to show Although I, I did like her significantly more than I've liked her before because she quit dissembling and, and, Interesting. Yes, and kind yes. of became a real character again yeah, instead yeah. of this, like, cartoony villain as some of the, the Forsaken have been thus mm. far. Um, but do you think... The POV is kind of related to Lanfear knowing what's going on and like playing this like omniscient puppet master because she just keeps kind of popping up in spaces and having all this knowledge. I think you're Am I giving reaching? a lot of credit and I think I'm you're reaching. reaching. I think that like 
I think that Maybe I don't I know. It. I want it to make sense. I'm, I just feel like he got to this point where he's like, okay, I need to advance everybody in a very short amount of time. And so here's how I'm going to do it. And or like, I need to set up the context for everything that's going to happen. Next. Fair. So yeah, I think you're right. I also do <laughs> think, I guess if I'm going to like try to situate it within the broader context of the books there is you know it usually happens at the beginning of the books where the wind sweeps through the thing or whatever and you know touches on all these different places like we do sort of have that but usually there it's that omniscient third is following the wind right Mm -hmm. it's like following something as opposed to just like hopping around from person to person which is what happens at the beginning of this chapter yeah so actually he could have just done that like he could have just been like following a breeze through and like following it as it you know interacts with all of these different people but for whatever reason they didn't do it that way so no you're right I am. You're right. I think you're trying real hard to give him some credit that he doesn't deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. That's a nice thought. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we have Rand sort of like ruminating on what needs to get done and panicking and about like he doesn't want to start a war and da 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 and like hopefully his friends will be safe wherever they're going and then he thinks about the prophecy again. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there she is. <laughs> and and I love how, like, he still doesn't realize she's one of the first oh things until she's like, you idiot. My I name know. is not Celine. I'm not a Kier Hanen lady. Like, I am Lanfear. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> I know. And he's still like, is she? I can't be true. It's he's so dense where it comes to this character. Like he he knows something is weird about her. He's known every time he interacts with her that something's weird, and yet, and yet, and so she kind of is like drilling this into his head and like putting him in like us in the kind of in the way that he did to Barrelane. She puts him in that box, right? So he like can't. He's shielded from the Saurus. He can't get to. Or no, I guess it's more of a wall, but either way, he can't get to Kalendor. He can't really mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. And she's just like, you are so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they have this uh, sort of exchange where he's like saying words to her that, you know, he doesn't really know where they come from. Mm-hmm. So we see uh, like they have this like it's very like an old like married couple argument because he's like, are you going to kill me? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to kill you. You're mine. Like, like what? You love me. And he's like, you love power. And then he's like, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> I, I did. I liked her in this section, though, because yeah. she's just like, oh, my God, like. All I want to say is that, one, you're mine. Right. I am more powerful than you could know. And I think the two most interesting points in this conversation are when she's like, you should have one of the Forsaken teach you. Yes. You yes. need to trap one so they can teach you because you do not know what you're doing. Yeah. There is well, so much potential. Well, she doesn't say you should trap one. She no, says, no, like- I know. <laughs> oh, she says, she. they will come to you at stealth. None would dare oppose you. I mean, she's kind of like you should control one into you should use your power so that they are so afraid they will teach you. Yeah, and she wants right? him to come to the great lord and like you know do all of these be things. exalted. Because um, yeah, yeah, she's saying so from Rand's perspective, he's like we're gonna fight. Like that's that's why right. I'm here. That's what the prophecies say. And she's like no 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 no. The Forsaken are afraid of you because the great lord wants to bring you into his ranks. Right. And and. Bring, like 
basically make a, another god of you or whatever the mm-hmm. phrasing is. And so the second important point is that the prophecy, is, her perspective on prophecy, which is prophecy is no more than a sign of what people hope for, which is not unlike Moiraine saying, like, you cannot just read prophecy and understand it. Like, mm. you can't. Rand's whole thing is that I get that. I know what this prophecy is. I know what it is. And now you have two characters who are very knowledgeable on the subject being like, you don't you don't know what it is. Actually. Right, right. Right. And then a gray man tries to kill him in the middle of this conversation, which is a whole situation. And Lanfear is just like, oh, that's weird. Like she lets go of the stuff that's shielding him so that he can defend himself. Mm-hmm. And then Rand hears these sounds. He's like, wait, how did a gray man get in here? Like I have people guarding wait, my wait, door. Wait, wait. Oh, before, okay, before we we move ahead, <laughs> as usual, <laughs> um, one, he like pushes her out of the way to save the day of course. But two, she brings up that there are divisions among the Forsaken in a very significant way, which I think, again, will lead to them becoming so much more interesting as villains Mm -hmm. as we get to know them. Because to this point, they've just been, they've been a little annoying. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're irritants more so than, like, nuanced villains. They're just kind of, like, attacking our protagonists, but we're not seeing the, like, why of it we were just seeing the effects of it so i'm excited to kind of dig into more of the why and where they're coming mm, from mm-hmm. versus just these like ugh, it's another forsaken let's right right see how the like heroes have to run or whatever right, it is right right yeah so Right. So so Rand is like, how did this guy get in here? And she's like, don't go out there. I think I miscalculated. I thought it would take longer. Yikes. And he's like, Ugh. <laughs> so he runs out and finds all of his guards dead. There are more gray men. <sighs> and then it turns out there are Trollocs and Murdral running around the stone. And like, there's a huge battle happening. All of a sudden, there is a huge battle happening, which felt like it came out of nowhere quite frankly. Yeah, but it did also feel like, this to me felt like, oh, we need a battle. We need to put it. It's been a minute. Like, we're due for a big battle scene that has Trollocs and, like, a, a supernatural battle mm. scene. So let's, like, bring them into the mix somehow. And we're yeah. just gonna do it. And then it is like, we see Rand kind of going toe-to-toe with the mid- Mirdral and, like, Moiraine and Lan are fighting and everybody's mm. fighting and then Lanfear is like why didn't you bring the sword right. <laughs> yeah because he's like using his powers a little bit but he's only really doing like damage one by one and she's like you don't you have so much more that you could be doing why aren't you doing it why did you also by the way like the Forsaken that probably set this up are gonna go steal Kalanir yeah. if you don't go get it yeah. so like, what are you doing what are you doing he's like oh shit you're right so he runs back he gets calendar <laughs> and then he makes this like bananas indoor lightning vortex that kills well, all of the trollic and murder all at once but this conversation with lanfear i think what i liked about it is where she was like Anything you can do, I can do. Better. Yes, that was a great moment. Because he like shoves her up against a wall using the power, yeah, yeah. and she does the same thing to him. Right, and, she, and he realizes he's like, she's letting me do this. Yeah. Uh, also, also a weird moment. He, 
get saved from a Trolloc right. by a Trolloc. So yeah. there's that's this speaks back to the divisions among the Forsaken, which we knew. And he's mm-hmm. like, did you make that happen? She's like, I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, I did like that where she was like, I'm not going to tip my hand. Like, I will not tell you what is happening because I don't need it to get back to the Forsaken. I don't need them to know where I stand. And I don't need you relying on me to help you. Yes. It's yeah. all really, really good. Um. And she kind of like, there is this moment where they're chatting and talking and like Lanfear, there's a line where it says, once more Lanfear took the decision from him, <laughs> which is an interesting way to think to for them to, for Jordan to just choose to contextualize um, the power dynamic mm. there. Mm-hmm. And I think one that we should keep in mind when we're looking at similar situations later down the line because he's like, you can't do that. And she's like, listen, I can do whatever I want. I'm not like you. I don't have to see something to unravel it. I just have to know where it is. Right. You right. could do this. Yeah. And then, yeah, so he's going. The Trolloc saves him, which I'm glad you brought up that idea of, like, speaks to the divisions among the Forsaken because mm-hmm. I was like, what's happening? Because it happens. and Again. Again. Mm-hmm. To a different character. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's so, yes. So Rand creates the lightning storm with Kalendor. And, and it kills freaking everybody. Every every Trolloc and Murdral. Yeah. Uh, let's be more specific. Sorry, um, yes. It kills and, all and, of the, the dark ones. Oh, my gosh. And then at the end of this chapter, there's this really intense and creepy moment where he's like. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, whoa, sorry. Whoa. Well, because Moiraine shows up. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I was like. I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, when Moiraine shows up and she's like, what yeah. is this? And he's oh, just God. still yeah. full of so much power. And he's like, I have to do more. I have to do more. And he sees this dead girl on the floor and he like tries to bring her back to life. And it's really gruesome. It's gruesome and creepy. And I know we keep coming back to this point, but I just never remember how good Jordan is yeah. at like, horror Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he like keeps thinking step by step like first he tries to get her her limbs moving then he's like all right she needs to be breathing so he starts like pumping her lungs and it's like she needs blood he starts trying to like make the blood flow through and like all the while lan and moiraine are like stop this is not it man (laughs) this is not the way (laughs) Yeah, it's really gruesome and creepy. And he finally, like, sort of comes to his senses and lets go of everything. Mm-hmm. And Moiraine and, and Lan are just like, oh, boy. But then uh, Rand tells Moiraine that Lanfear was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, she didn't try to kill me. I didn't try to kill her. But you're not surprised by that. And Moiraine's like, first of all, you, I don't think you could. <laughs> <laughs> you're not ready. You're not. You're not there yet. Um, and then second of all is like, we don't know much about her, but we know she loved Luce, Luce Theron. Like mm-hmm. that we know. So I'm, no, I'm, I'm not surprised that she didn't try to kill you. She wants to own you. Like she right. wants, she wants Luce Theron back. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of like, oh my God, <laughs> is she going to be, is she jealous of Elaine? Right. And for the record, there's they, during that original conversation when she's like, you're mine, like that pale haired milksop is not yeah. going to do anything. I feel like it's very clear that she's not talking about Elaine. She's talking about 
Ilyana or whatever the woman's mm-hmm. name is. I thought so too. Beginning. Yeah. 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 Because I don't even think she's aware of Elaine's existence. I agree. Point. I mean, like she's got bigger fish to fry. She's not paying attention. She's not Elaine. paying attention to because I feel like Elaine is nothing to her. Exactly. Right. Exactly. She's still fixated on Luce Theron, which means it's the past blonde. Mm-hmm. So. It's the other blonde. It's the other blonde. The historical blonde. Uh, So, yeah. So, yes. So, and in the meantime, everything is about, like, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, tomorrow. I will decide. I will decide. Tomorrow, Egwene and Elaine are leaving. Tomorrow, all of these things are going to happen, like, tomorrow. Because Rand is really struggling with what decision to make. Because Mm -hmm. he, I think, we know that based on what Moiraine has said, that he should go to war just even as a power move. And we'll see a few more moments that suggest that that should be the case as the chapters go on. I don't remember, like, at all what's going to happen. Well, I think my my prediction from last time is is coming true in this section. But we'll wait till we get there. Okay. So, uh, so then we move to an Egwene POV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is about she's she's studying um, maps of Tanchico. I did this. This line was interesting. They're like looking at this book, A Journey to Terabon, written by Yurian Rom- Romavni from Kandor 53 years ago. But little of any consequence would have changed in Tanchico, which I'm like, oh, all right. Good to know. Like they've set up Tanchico as a very unsafe place right well i was i thought that was just a a, like reference back to the span of time in this book like you remember like you know there's all that conversation about how like the you know camelin and tarvalin have been alive for two thousand years and like you know blah 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 everything is like in the hundreds and thousands of years so like 50 years especially in a pre-industrial society doesn't really matter nothing's gonna change like especially when you grow up in a town like two rivers like where things have been the same from since you know forever like one assumes that that's what she's saying like this yeah okay that's this is you know uh, so she she's like keeping this in her mind and having anxieties about everything for obvious reasons. This is post battle. Post battle. Yeah. Post-battle. We're not getting any other POVs in the midst of battle outside no. of some flashbacks later. That's right. Um, and she's kind of like everyone I think is rightfully so like a little anxious about what just went on. Um, but I love this moment where she's thinking about what Rand did with the lightning and at first she's scared like light what was that Rand did burn him he frightened me almost as badly as the fates did maybe worse and then she says it isn't fair he can do something like that and I can't even see the flows and I was like I love you classic Egwene (laughs) oh you're the best that's scary as shit also how did he do it I need to know it's not fair yeah Yeah, so it's her and Nynaeve and Elaine and Avienda. They're, like, all there hanging out, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And Egwene is preparing to go into Tel Aran Riyadh to try to find some information in Tanchiko about, like, whether or not, I think it was Amiko was telling the truth about this Black Aja plot. Um, You have 
Egwene kind of like, you have to get me out as soon as this candle gets to that mark. Like you can't right. like, she is so panicked about this for, for like, again, obvious reasons, although they have to explain to Avienda a little bit what's going on. Um, and so we are getting a little bit of a reminder, I think of like, how dangerous Teleran Riot is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love that Egwene is doing it without the ring. Like she's yes. got her stone ring, but she's not using it. Like she yeah. doesn't need it, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty awesome. And then I do also think this was super interesting um, that it comes up before she goes to sleep. Well, I guess I'm skipping a little bit here, but it does come up before she goes under that like maybe that... Um, the Aiel wise women also are dreamwalkers. Like, if Avienda, like, gives mm-hmm. some thoughts about this to her that, like, then play a role in what happens once she actually goes into the world of dreams. Well, yeah, what's, what's, there's a lot of focus in Egwene's perspective on how she wishes she had more time to learn mm-hmm. and more time to understand. Like, she says a few times, I think, like, if she had had a chance to finish her training, yeah. if, you know, da da da. So he's clearly setting us up for what will eventually come of this moment mm-hmm. and making us understand that Egwene, while we know that she wants to know things and wants to learn, Egwene thus far, I feel like, has been very like, but we are we are in this and I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like her fear of being called out as eyes to die isn't so much that she doesn't feel she is powerful enough. It's always that like she feels bad about lying. But now we're kind of seeing that other side of like her understanding she needs more training than she has. Yeah. Which I think is like nice and mature to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so she goes to basically the <laughs> what sounds like the Natural Museum of History. Right. In Tanjiko. <laughs> like she she has those mo- she has like when she falls asleep, we get another chunk of, like, dreams again, right? Mm-hmm. Of, like, the people of, like, Rand stepping on buildings and, like, saying, it has to be done. I won't let you stop me. Like, Matt wrestling with a Senshan woman who has, like, a leash tied to him. Perrin as a wolf, but he's fighting somebody whose face keeps changing. <laughs> it's it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she goes... Until Teleran Riot and ends up at the Museum of Natural History. Yes, yes. The in-world <laughs> Museum of Natural History. And she's like poking around at things and there's like a weird there's a weird instance with a with an angry all that she finds in the dream world. Yeah, like it's a broken uh, a broken angry all, which is like calling to her. Mm-hmm. Um this section was so weird because it's yeah. like her walking around Tanchico and consistently being like, I don't know how much time is passing. I haven't done enough. I don't know how much time is passing. This one s- moment with the um, angry owl that like hurts her when she mm-hmm. tries to use it, but it's still, she can't understand why she wants to use it. Like something mm-hmm. is like, you know, coming to her and then interspersed with her accidentally ended up like ending up in the aisle, but it felt like too much for what we got out of it like it could have I feel like it could have been cut down to just like two pages of this yeah yeah it was a little it was a little uh messy she does also I wanted to to ask you what you thought of this of like how frequently she mentions the animals and what animal animals are there and what animals aren't there yeah I don't know what to make of that except for that maybe Robert Jordan was 
I like kind of playing with this idea of like, what would a pre-industrial society do with fossils? Like, is that all? No, that no, was no, 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 oh. no, no. I mean, what animals showed up in the dream? Oh, well, the rats are obviously significant. The rats are obvious, but she'll be like, there are fish there. There are dogs there, but there are no da da da. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. Like that, you know. It was just like mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to necessarily no, I agree. glean from it. No, I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just all more like we don't know anything about the world of dreams. We don't know why it works the way it does. She yeah. really doesn't know what she's doing. She's I noticing just, things, but she mm-hmm. has no context for them. I guess it's just lending itself to the why she agrees to this journey afterwards, right? So she, yeah, she like ends up in the aisle waste a few times Mm -hmm. and both, both times runs into this maiden of the spear who clearly from my perspective, like knows, knows where she is. I think from the way she reacts to Egwene. Right. But Um, Egwene just thinks that she's another person who's like accidentally stumbled into mm -hmm. the world of dreams unintentionally and doesn't really pay any attention to her until she she like follows Egwene and shows up in her like actual, she's actually a wise woman, it turns out. Um, And she and Egwene have like a little battle about clothing. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, you don't, what are you? Because Egwene like puts on like Aiel garb to try to like put this woman at ease when she thinks she's just some random person. Well, no, she's wearing it. Like she chooses to, oh no, she put, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right. She chooses to wear it that she chooses not to and then yeah. like goes back and forth a few yeah, times. Yeah. And then the woman is like, you don't have any right to wear that and like makes her naked. And so then Egwene like makes her naked and then they like <laughs> both put up the clothes and then they like split up for a minute and it's just this whole like jockeying for power kind of moment mm-hmm. over clothing it's very it's it is it is foreshadowing for what is to come i remember very clearly where that goes in the future um i i don't but i enjoyed it <laughs> but like she they have this interaction and then she gets away from the woman again but just before she gets away with her away from her to get back to tanchigo she sees another woman behind mm-hmm. the aisle woman of a golden-haired woman holding a silver bow which is Obviously, Brigitte, but she's yes! like, that's that's just a dream. Brigitte. Um, and then she goes back to Tanchico. She flies to try to, like, she's like, all right, I'm in a dream. Um, flies, and then she's like, oh, wait, maybe they can see me. Like, it's a lot of annoying yeah. questioning herself. Yes, yes. And it's like, I get it. Like, I right. appreciate it in the sense of, like, she's recognizing what she knows and what she doesn't. Yeah. But it's it could have just, been two paragraphs. Yeah. It doesn't need to be like five pages. It was so long. It was yeah. so long. Um, and so the Isle woman follows her. Mm-hmm. And it's she's much older now because she's a different person now. And it's this woman, Amis, who is like, oh, you don't know anything. Yeah. You need to be taught. Come mm-hmm. see me in the waste and I will teach you. But you have to come see me because this space you're in, there is clearly something very wrong. Yes, yes. Because Egwene this whole time has been trying to figure out, like, is something in Tanchiko, like, that she needs, that they need to go pursue? And she can't tell. Like, she's noticing, like you said, random things about it. But she doesn't have any context for anything. And Amiz is like, uh, this place is bad. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing here, but, like, this is no good. So just FYI, like, don't, Heads up. Don't don't hang out here if you can help it. And also, side note, come with me. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, it's it's a really cool interaction. Um, and I'm I excited thought. to see more of Amy's. Yeah, because yeah. I did like her a lot. 
mm-hmm. I do I remember liking the wise ones, but I yeah. don't remember much more than that. Yeah. Um so that that'll be fun. Yeah. So then chapter so chapter 11 ends with uh Eguine clearly being dragged out of the world of dreams by her friends. Mm-hmm. And Anise is like you have to come, you have to come to me, you have to come learn. Uh and then we get an Elaine POV who is like freaking out because they had a really yep. hard time waking up Eguine for reasons that we know but they don't. Um and Eguine is like, "Ah, no, it's okay." Like Ugh. So she's she's saying, like, I met this wise woman. I met this wise one, excuse me, a woman named Amis, and I have to go to this someplace called Cold Rock's Hold. Like, Avienda, do you know about this? And Avienda's like, oh, shit. That's Rourke's <laughs> wife. She's rough, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we get, like, a little deep dive into aisle, like, relationships. Marriage customs, yeah. Yeah, and it, it did read, like, it's funny because this part read to me is like, this is what men think feminism is. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. It's like, uh, like you could upend the system entirely and try something new, but it's just putting let's what just you flip think. It. Yeah, let's flip it and put what we think are feminist ideals into the the traditional setup, but also not, but still traditional, like yep. still... Yep. still traditional and yep. you know and there are pieces of it like on the surface that you're like yeah like sister wives okay sure based on what the aisle think but it's just so <sighs> yeah right it's not particularly nuanced no put it that way yeah so anyway so that happens and clear and Elaine is the one we're in her head so she's like oh I wonder if that's gonna happen with me and Rand like Min saw this vision but I'm not sharing him with Barrelane like they're all still obsessed with oh my Barilane. god poor Barrelane <laughs> I know um so yeah and then Avienda is like having this really intense like but I've I'm a woman of the spear like I've been wanting to be a woman of the spear since I was a child like and everybody's like okay like nobody's gonna make you not be a woman of the sphere like, okay but we need to figure out like Egwene's yeah. kind of like well I need to go to I need to go to the waste like yeah. that's this is what I'm understanding and we have another like minor moment between like Elaine being like Egwene and Nenev are at each other's throats mm-hmm. like again because god forbid people <laughs> deal with their conflict whatever yeah um and Egwene's kind of like, I have to go and learn. Yeah. Like, this is somewhere where I can learn how to use this, and then I could teach you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we can meet in the dreams. You take the ring. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. We'll meet in dreams, and I'll teach you everything I'm learning. Like, you go to Tanchico, because clearly there's something wrong there. And, like, it's perfect. Like, I'll get knowledge. I'll share it with you. We'll be so much better at our jobs. It'll be great. And Avienda's just like, I don't want to take you there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, she, so she, they're like, uh, she's like, Avienda can take me. And before Avienda can answer, right. Moiraine shows up. Yep. And Moiraine. This is such a great moment. It really is. She's just like, mm, like looking at all of them, like in that Moiraine way. And then she's like, Joy and Amico are dead. <laughs> yeah. In like a supremely disgusting, gruesome way. So nasty. So nasty. And it happened um, during the attack. Mm-hmm. And nobody and so knows forced, exactly what happened. They are like, well, is that why? And, and and Maureen's like, I don't know. It wasn't a gray man. Likely. So which means the shadow has resources that we don't know about, which is terrifying. Because no, I feel like don't. every time Jordan introduces a new concept to 
what the shadow has. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Please don't make it worse. And then he makes it worse. Yep. Um, and so they kind of explain to Moiraine what their plan is a little bit. And Egwene is like, I mean, and then like Avienda can go, or like somebody said, Avienda and Egwene will go to the waste. And then Avienda's like, uh, no, that other one can take her. Yeah, Julian can take you. I'm not, I'm going to go to Tanchico. Like I'll help, I'll help Elaine and, and Nynaeve, like obviously. And it um, kind of hurts like Egwene's feelings. Yeah. And you're like, it's like Aw. I thought we were friends. <laughs> and then Moiraine's like, well, actually, I have, this I have a letter. letter. <laughs> it did make me laugh. I was like, oh, poor Avienda. And now, because she like gets the letter from uh, this Isleman who got it like a month ago before yeah. anybody had even gotten to tear. And it's signed by all these wise ones. And they're like, here's what they say about you. What they said it said perhaps before you had even decided to come here. There is among the there is among the maidens of the sphere in the stone of tear a willful girl called Avienda. She must now come to us. There could be no more waiting or excuses. We will wait for her on the slopes of Chandar above Ruidine. <laughs> like Oh, it, it made me like Avienda so much. I know. She's it actually I feel like it's a very like loyal Avienda parallel. Yes. Like they're both like Agreed. Trying to be like told what to do by their elders, and they both basically have run away from home to do something else instead. And now are like now Avienda anyway is being maneuvered back into doing what they want. Um, and she's like, I'm not. I'm I'm Farderai's May. I don't have to do that. And Marion's like, Well, I already showed it to Ruark. So <laughs> she's like, I still don't have to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Everybody's like, All right. <laughs> Like whatever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> and then, but then there's this like, I I love this because Avienda is like a little sulky, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, that's weird and new. But then Nanave is like, oh, you can't stop trying to maneuver people to Moiraine's. Like you're maneuvering Avienda into something right now, and Moiraine's like, I'm just the messenger. Like right. this, someone gave me a letter. Like I am not involved in Isle matters. Yeah, yeah. Like that's can so you great. please? Let Nineveh progress for the love of God. Ugh, anyway, it's so irritating. And then, but then Moiraine tells them so, anyway, Nineveh and, and Elaine are like, Well, we have to go to Tanchico, whatever's going on with Avienda. Like, this mm-hmm. is what we have to do. And Moiraine's like, Oh, by the way, there's an Atha and Mir ship at uh, you know, on the harbor. You said you wanted a fast ship, so like, there that's you probably your, your one. And so, again, everybody's like, Tomorrow, 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 this thing is gonna happen. Um, I remember some stuff about an Athen and Mir vessel so I'm and and I feel like also this chapter I was like oh they split up because I've been trying I have like all these memories of things that happen that are very jumbled like we've mm-hmm. talked about before and I don't know what order they happen in or when but the fact that they're splitting up makes so much more sense because in my head they were all three together all the time and I was mm-hmm. like how are they gonna do all these things and but now I'm like not. oh no they're not <laughs> they're splitting up that's how they're gonna do all these things yeah everything gets very like I, the, I, this is what we mean is like the longer these books go on the more the wider the yeah. the area is that these characters have to like cover not just in literal land mm-hmm. on the map but in story yes because so much happens like yeah. I'm I wonder what how many 
like note cards Robert Jordan used to keep track <laughs> of yeah, all these plot like, threads. What was his like wall like? Seriously, I, mean... I had like I I just a book I just turned in had like I used this app called Plotter, hmm. which lets you have because I was like I need a visual I need a way to visualize all these various plot threads in every single chapter and making sure that I'm covering what I want to cover and I just had I think I just had three there's like a plot b plot c plot and even that I was like having so much trouble making sure like the pacing worked for everything and like they were all lining up well I'm like how did you yeah how yeah, I mean, and this is, he didn't, he was writing these in, like, the 90s. I know, like, he didn't have an app. No, he did not have an app. 100% he did not have an app. I'm sure somebody somewhere knows the answer to this question because he, I know, right? uh, like, the whole reason this series even got finished was because he had such documented and, notes mm-hmm. for what was going to happen that, like, it was all laid out and all, you know, not all, quote unquote, but, like, you know. Brandon enough. Sanderson enough could could know what the intentions were for the plot and the characters and then write it. Yeah. Um and and all of his notes and stuff were like ma- made that possible. So mm-hmm. it was all like he knew where it was all going for a while if not from the very beginning. Yeah. I do not have any idea how you keep track of That's this much the thing. Stuff. It's, it's like bananas. How... Yeah. He must have had an entire room in his house that was just like corkboard. <laughs> right. Like with Strings like string and... yeah, yeah. to see where each plot was in what book. It's or like so giant wild. like you know just the walls covered with like timelines of paper and different characters yeah. and like how they meet up or don't meet up. Like and... I think uh, Margaret Stoll who is an author has a room in her house that every wall is a whiteboard. Oh. So that she can just like at any it's like her workroom and yeah. at any given point she can just like write down wherever she's standing. And I was like, that's amazing. That is amazing. I actually just ordered a new desk that's a whiteboard desk. Ooh. So when I'm on calls, I can just you take just notes write? on my desk. I'm so excited about that it. That is very record. cool. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more about I it. I will tell you, <laughs> it's supposed to come today. So to stay tuned for news about my desk. Yes. Um, okay, anyway, right. Chapter 13. <laughs> chapter 13. Chapter 13. Rumors. And it's our favorite, of course. It's Matt. Your favorite. I have My other, favorite. but I do like this Matt. We're getting good Matt. We are We're getting, getting very good Matt. good Matt. Yeah. Even when he makes horrible decisions as as well i mean like we didn't see this i know i wrote my note i think it's the top of the next chapter my note is like who could have foreseen this i was like oh it only took two and a half chapters it only took two that's all it took um anyway he's, he's hanging out in a tavern like furious that nobody will dice with him and like and having flashbacks to the and battle having flashbacks to the battle where he like doesn't remember how he was doing the things he like we're back to the holes in his memory right where he like is able to like fight these trollocs and have all these skills which he had skills before but he has like knife skills and sword skills when he was waiting he was like i wish i had a quarter staff i wish i had my bow Mm -hmm. then he gets saved by a trolloc Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which again you're like who and and there were gray men after him too so Mm -hmm. he had to fight off gray men in addition to all of the other monsters um, and of course he's just like, what does this mean? Yeah. And so while he's kind of sitting there, he overhears 
somebody talking about the two rivers. Ooh, wait, wait. Sorry. Yeah, this is my so. turn to be like, can we go back Ooh, for a second? Yeah, because... we, can, we can always go back. Yeah. So I thought this was really interesting. Right at the top, it's like the second paragraph, full paragraph on 231. He It says he could feel that urge in the back of his head that it was time to go back to the stone. Mm-hmm. He pushed it away angrily, but it kept buzzing at him. Because, so this is really interesting. And he and Perrin have like half of a conversation about it later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's really clear from the Matt and Perrin POVs that we've gotten already that like Matt is having a very different experience yes. of being tied to Rand than Perrin is. Like Perrin has this feeling, this sense that he needs to stay and he's like worked out why. But Matt is like having a like an almost physical compulsion, a physical yeah. and mental compulsion. It is interesting, right? right. How differently they are being forced into their own positions. Yeah. Because Perrin, even when we were like in Perrin's head for so long, there was never a moment where he was like, I literally, not like emotionally, no, yeah. but literally do not feel in control of my actions. Yeah. He never has had that. And Matt, in the meantime, like he was talking about to Tom how like he'll have the thought and then something will distract him and then mm-hmm. he'll forget. And he is aware that this is happening, but he has no control over it. Yeah. I just think unsettling. it's super interesting. Yeah, it is unsettling. But they are, they're having very different experiences of what it means to be Taveran in this mm-hmm. instance, which is kind of cool. Anyway, so it he is. overhears this conversation about the two rivers. And then we we finally get to see our Two Rivers hook find out that the White Cloaks are at Two Rivers hunting for somebody, both the Dragon Reborn and somebody with yellow eyes. And Matt's like, well, shit. Right. <laughs> He's first like, what about another guy? And they're like, I know. no, we just no, there's know no other guy. <laughs> there's no other guy. <laughs> and he's like, God damn it. Then he like. Steal somebody's clogs, presumably to put yes. over his boots to go out into really the rain. I really love that detail because it's such a like, <laughs> right? Like the streets are so muddy, you need these giant clogs to put over your boots to to walk around because <laughs> otherwise you're swamped in the mud. Like it's such a good, it's such a good like gritty real world detail. Anyway, side note. No, I agree with you. <laughs> so yeah, um, so he runs basically back to the stone to find Perrin. Yeah, and Perrin is already packing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt's kind of like, does Rand know? And Perrin's like, I told him. And he's like, being Rand, essentially, like, <laughs> I have to do something they won't expect. Right. <laughs> and it does make Rand seem, from his friend's perspective, seem a little unfeeling, obviously, mm-hmm. which we know is not the case. Right. Um, and then, like you said, they have this kind of half conversation mm-hmm. where Matt is like, don't you feel anything trying to hold you back telling you reasons you shouldn't go and Perrin doesn't really get it no he doesn't he's like yeah like a hundred but like it just means we're Taverin right like who cares and like this this outweighs it like I have to go back to the two rivers to fight because people they're trying to find me and I can't be responsible for them hurting people and then we get to see Matt saying like I want to like I can't even say it like my head knows if I say it I'll do it and I can't even get it out in my mind like and that is so so different and parents just like yeah we're on different paths and that's like no you're not getting it (laughs) you don't understand (laughs) poor Matt I know I feel so bad for him he's like I'm so tired of this I want to do what I want I don't want something and he and it is like this is a character we've seen even when we didn't have his POV like who's very independent very Mm -hmm. like 
you know, he has in his his mind's eye of like an idea of who he is. And despite that idea, will do the right thing yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, but he wants to make his own choices and he wants to go his own way. And now mm-hmm. he is in a position of not at all being able to do it. Right. And you're just like. Yeah, like, and he's remembering his sisters and how they would, like, bicker about how he still loves them and how sad he is that, like, he can't, he can't go back with Perrin and take care of them. He just physically and mentally cannot. It's um, wild. It is wild. And then there's this Barrelane interaction. I loved this. This made me like Barrelane so much. <laughs> but that moment where he, like, he's just like, hey. I am talking yeah, to he you. Like, he does this like gallant bow and she doesn't even look at him. And he's like, hey, hey, I'm doing a thing over here. Like, pay attention to me. Like, don't she, be rude. Yeah. And she's like, she like just looks at him and she's like, too much like me. And I like, loved so it. so good. It's I was so like, good. that's amazing. <laughs> Everyone, all those other like, like Jordan keeps trying to set up cat fights for you. Yes. Uh-uh. Nope. You're fucking awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. Team Barrelane. Team Barrelane. <laughs> I mean, sort of, sort of. Sort I of. have issues with some next stuff, but well, that's anyway. just a scene that never I know. Have been written. I know. Any, all right. So moving on to chapter fourteen. Here we go. Um, it's a parent chapter. This is not my favorite parent moment for the reason. <sighs> so he he he's like packing, and Berlaine comes into his room. And she's like, I have a message for the Dragon Reborn that you're you going to take it. Him. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's no. Like, no. I'm busy. He Tell, also doesn't don't... have a shirt on. No. Yeah. For the record. As oh, usual. Yeah. This is another in- interesting intrusion of privacy moment. Like, right? Yep. So, yeah. So, she's like, he's like, go tell him yourself. She's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm the first of Maine. Like, somebody needs like, to carry. Like, do it for me. Go and he's do like, it okay, tell a servant. Yeah. What? Why are you, I'm why busy. do you want me to do this? And then she, like, she, like, tries to talk him into going to Maine with her. She's like, I would like ornamental blacksmithing so for my room weird. it comes out of no it's like the the like implication is that like Perrin is standing there without a shirt on he's very attractive and she's like well you're hot why don't you just come home with well, me well do you think it's that or do you think to me it was like she wants one of the Taverin with her well I don't think she knows that they're Taverin but she for knows the there's something she knows right? they're important she, like, looks like, at she Matt, knows yeah she, she knows and that chooses she's a friend not to. of the dragon reborn yeah so like it, like, I guess you could read it as a. It probably is a power play. You're right. I I want to give her more credit than being like this guy's hot. Maybe I'll take him. Yeah, home. I hundred percent think it's a power play because nothing else about it makes <laughs> it doesn't make any, any sense. sense. But even as a power play, it's, it's super so weak. weak. It's so weak. It's she's just there to yes. be a plot point between yes. him and Fail, and it's so so clear because then Fail shows up obviously mm-hmm. in the middle of this. Too. And yeah. she doesn't react to like Barreling being there, which like great, don't right. until mm-hmm. <sighs> like feels like all right, I'll go with you. And parents like no, you can't, you can't go with me. I have to protect you. I have to protect you from yourself right. and your bad decisions as a stupid little girl. Like it's very <sighs> annoying. And then he does the like Harry at the Hendersons like tries to be mean to her, yeah, so she won't come. Mm-hmm. And it's too mean. It's, it's too way mean. too mean. He's like, oh, Berylene thinks that she likes me. Maybe I will go visit her after I'm done saving my folks from the two rivers. And you're and like, Perrin, what? shut up. This is so stupid. And then F- <laughs> Fail, of course, is like, well, wh- 
And she gets furious and leaves. Mm -hmm. And then we get a fail POV for the worst possible, like, cat fight. Yeah. He, like, literally wrote a stupid cat fight. And what could be, if they had a better reason to fight, it could have been really cool because Mm -hmm. they're both clearly skilled fighters. Yes. I love the moment where, so Fayil, we know she can fight, right? And she basically, she actually, like, pulls the knife on Barrelane over Perrin, which is, Mm -hmm. you know. And and mm. there are these moments where Fael is like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And it's like, yeah, why are you doing this? This is so dumb. But anyway, Beryline, it turns out, has been taught martial arts. So yep. she like throws Fael over her shoulder and like they're like squaring off when Ruart comes up and is like, absolutely not. This yeah, of is course. not going to happen. And they so have to be like, like a very like dad moment. Oh, it's, it's so annoying. So, it's, it's really so annoying. annoying. And it's like you've minimized both these characters. Oh, yeah. In this, like, gross way. Like, I was like, fail sucks. Like, fail just sucks in this moment. Like, yeah. this this was the way she was talking about Perrin, the way she's acting. Everything about it is so petulant and childish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's the person that Perrin thinks he needs to protect. Right. 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 She's, right. she's leaning into that characterization in a way that, like, didn't need to happen. No, no, no. I feel like Robert Jordan just really wants women to be out to get each other yeah and which like, is not it no it's not it and so this is just yet another like this is what women are like they fight over boys like they have fight you never... because they're <laughs> mad at each other like you're like okay like thanks. clearly you've never been in like a bar bathroom at two in the morning <laughs> well and also not for nothing I, I mean, he's theoretically trying to give us these other examples, like the Aiel don't fight over yeah. men. They just marry both of them. Like, Which, what? that's the solution. And what? you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, and I do want to, like, pause to say that I was extremely miserable in middle school and high school because there was a lot of cattiness. Sure. But also, when I got to college, I realized that that is, like, it's, I don't want to say manufactured, but it is encouraged. Yes. Especially among younger girls. Yes. And I, it does not have to be that way. And I think we're, I hope as a society, we're starting to get past this idea that women have to constantly be in competition with each other for resources, for, you know, partners, for whatever, right? Like, I think that hopefully that is where we are headed. And so, you know, these books are of a time mm-hmm. in which, that was not a thing that anybody wanted to see because it's, look, isn't it more fun to see them fight? Like, ugh. Like, anyway, no. It's that's not. my soapbox about that. But no, you're right. <sighs> so it's frustrating. Anyway. Chapter 15. Chapter 15. Matt, where... Matt doing something stupid. <laughs> Who could have foreseen this? Who could have known? <laughs> so he uh, <clears throat> goes down to the Terangriel that Egwene told him about and where he's like, yeah, I'll only do it if uh, my life's in trouble. Right. But my life's in trouble. My life is obviously in trouble. You're like, is it, Matt? Is it? I do love this because he's going down there and he's just thinking like so much shit about everybody. (laughs) He's like, women do this and women do that. And I was like, buddy, we know what you are doing right now. We know that you are just trying to distract yourself from a situation that you are terrified of it. Mm -hmm. You could be less misogynistic about it, I think. But... (laughs) It's not a shining moment. It's it's not a great moment for our guy. No. Um, so he it's like we get a little bit of a description of how unsettling this thing is and how it shouldn't work the way it's built, like it shouldn't yes. exist, etc. And then he just fucking goes, goes in. in. He just goes in, walks through that gateway, 
and the sci-fi-ness really comes out again. I actually actually felt this was very fantasy. Did you? It made me (laughs) tell you what it reminded me of, which is when uh, Leela and Fry end up on the Battle of the Nibblers. (laughs) In Futurama. <laughs> I've seen Futurama, but I don't recall that Oh, my moment. God. That's what it made me think of. <laughs> I, so, hence, hence the sci-fi-ness of it to me. I mean, there are some descriptions that feel like glowing spheres of light that seem to be connected to nothing. And, like, how are they working? So, there are these, like, sci-fi touches, I guess. I was like, oh, are those light bulbs? But what I, what it felt more like to me, especially with this insistence on, like, no iron... It's like the hollow hills of the Fae. Like you're going Mm, under. Yeah. You're sort of in this hall. Nothing is what it seems. Like you're in this alternate place. And there are these strange, sinister creatures. Yeah. Like some of the versions of the Fae are pretty grotesque. That's true. That's what it reminded me of. But I think we're both right. I agree. I agree. And we have this moment. So this this being comes to him and is like, you don't have any iron. You don't have any musical instruments. (laughs) You have some musical instruments. (laughs) And that's like, no foreshadowing. No, by the way. Um, And he's like, there's no art. There's only patterns. Um, But he has this dim memory of walking halls that had not known a human foot in hundreds of years. And this felt the same. So it's another like mm-hmm. foreign memory coming into his head, presumably. Mm-hmm. And so they're like walking through this weird hallway where there's like, ev- there are a bunch of windows, everything circles. Like he's not seeing the same scenery outside the window, even though they're close up, like close together. It's very, yeah. un- I think the whole thing is just meant to be very, very unsettling. Yeah. Um, and then he gets into this like, <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking of the like Casper foyer with the like swirly or like like nightmare before christmas yeah it did like feel the, very nightmare before right christmas. with the swirly and the spirals yes, and the yes. spires and, and like, these three creepy people sitting on top of these pillars and which of course like there's such a weird uh like focus on whether matt thinks they're men or women oh and i know like, buddy you're why 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 does it matter? Um, but so, and he has to be very careful not to ask questions. He keeps want like which he's almost, struggling with. He's yeah. very, very. It's very difficult for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like okay, and they keep ma- making references to like it's been a long time. We haven't had someone asking like seekers. We haven't yeah. da da da. So like, ask, ask, ask away. Um, and there's something going on clearly that we don't know mm-hmm. about. Um, they're like smelling but, him. It's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. They keep talking about like you have to ask, like enter and ask according to the agreement of of old. And we know there are rules, right? Right. We know that there are very specific rules. <laughs> we know Matt's not good at rules. Nope, sure isn't. And so he's like, should I ask? To, should I go home to help my people? And they're like, you should go to Ruidine. <laughs> And then they're like, there's this bell that starts sounding, and they're talking about, like, he's another, and there's yeah. the strain, but the saver, and there's time, and they're, like, ask, and they're like, what It's is very happening? creepy and weird, and you have no so idea creeping. what's going on. Yeah. Cool. And then he's like, why would I go to Ruidian? Like, he's clearly abandoned his, like, plan to ask I know. certain questions. Like, why would I do that? And they're like, well, if you don't go, you'll die. 
And then and, there's more bells and more strain. And he's getting scared. He's getting scared and mad. And he's like, well, why will, die if, why will I die if I don't go to Ruidian? Which is then his third question. I know. And they're like, you will have sidestepped the threat of fate, left your fate to drift on the winds of time, and you will be killed by those who do not want that fate fulfilled. Now you have to leave. Yeah, just get out and of here. And he gets really mad and he's like, no! And he asks like six more yeah. questions. But they end up answering him yes. because he's like, finally, he's like, what fate? Burn your hearts. What fate? And they're like, to marry the daughter of the nine moons, to die and live again and live once more a part of what was, to give up half the light of the world to save the world. Go to, go to Ruiden, son of battles. Go to Ruiden, trickster. Go, gambler. Go. And I'm like, right. It's amazing because they just like name him in this such a yes. specific way. They it's don't know so who good. he is, but they do. It's but really they cool. They do. They do. Oh, it's awesome. It's yeah. so good. And they literally like a bunch of them like grab him and like throw him and out the doorway. Physically like, like bodily eject him from It's the literally situation. like <laughs> like Uncle Phil throwing jazz out of the house and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> And he's so pissed off. Yeah, that he, he tries just to keeps go back in. Go back. <laughs> like he's been told you can't go in more than he's once. So stupid! I love oh, it. God, it's so insane. Then this makes me feel crazy. The next thing that happens, suddenly Rand comes out of the doorway. It's like, You're so stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> and then, oh and they're like god. having this conversation about like. Oh, uh, this like this and that, and what it was—they were afraid of me. This and that, and then Moiraine jumps out of the frame. Well, right before, like, uh, like Rand is like, "Did you get your answers?" And he's yeah. like, "Nothing that made any sense." What yeah. about you? And before Rand can say anything, yes. Moiraine shows up and is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> She's what? so. Mad. She's like, "Is Perrin in there too?" Like, no and, like, wonder. Of course, Perrin wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and and she says one of you would have been bad enough, but two Taverin at once. Like this, basically, she's like, you could have like broken the thing, and we would all have been stranded there forever. Like you idiots. And so <laughs> she's just like, where did you, who told you? Who right. told you? And Rand's like, I read it in a book, <laughs> and and he names a few titles, and yeah. she's like, and you to Matt, and Matt's like, I can read. <laughs> such a good moment it really is and that like i also love this like this is such a matt moment because he's just like i listen nanae and Egwene deserve some shit for what they put right. me through but like it's really more fun to tease my yeah. rain and you're like she could murder you yeah, like what are you doing he's like yeah yeah there's lots of things in books like he's not he's just like whatever and she's like whatever it's like you're both so stupid <laughs> but she's like asking they're like what so is it true and you find out that Rand had an interpreter with him because they were speaking in the old tongue yeah and yeah. Matt of course is like shit <laughs> I didn't have an interpreter oh fuck I was talking to them in the old tongue and I didn't know it yeah and so um and he's like, well, I didn't even ask any I, questions. Like, I, I didn't, did, I, I don't, didn't, I didn't I know. know they anything. didn't, they didn't give me an interpreter. I didn't know what was going on. And yeah, he knows that she knows about like the old tongue that had been slipping, mm -hmm. you know, out of his, out of his mouth. And he's like, I, I almost. And so he's like, I almost understood a word <laughs> here and there, but like, you guys must have gotten answers. What did they get out of it? Like, yeah, what's going on? And 
Morin kind of it's like basically they're living off the like emotions. Yeah, it's yeah, like they're like people creepy. in there like yeah, feed on your emotions in some way. Oh, it's gross. And you and you find out that the like answers they give are true. Mm-hmm. Um and that she says the world is folded in strange ways, which you're like Oh, what is this world is so big. Multiple dimensions. So many dimensions. Um, and then and, and then I love this moment where Moiraine is like, well, the mm-hmm. answers are often obscure. And if you need help working them out, like I'm here for you. And Rand is like, no, thank you. Well, no, Rand is like, well, will you tell me yeah. what you asked? Right. Which is great, right? Yeah, They're getting moment. there's like it's like a nice little moment of back and forth. And this was funny to me that um, Matt calls to her as she's leaving and he calls her by her name. Yeah, which I've never. Which has he done that? I don't think so. Right? Where he's like, why can't you go in there twice, Moiraine? And I was like, is she going to hit you? (laughs) Um, And she's just like, if I knew everything, Matrim, I would not need to ask questions. I was like, you're the best. Um, but then, oh, I love this moment. I know. Too, at the end, Matt's like, "Are you really just gonna let the white cloaks like destroy Eamon's field without doing anything?" And and he's like, "Well, Perrin is gonna do something, and I have to do what I have to do, or more than Eamon's field is gonna fall." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, Rand, buddy." I know. Buddy. He just has the weight of the world I on know. his shoulders. And these are not the worst yet. He's not the worst yet. We don't all hate him yet. Not I, yet. I know it's coming, but, <laughs> but right not now, yet. I still feel bad for him. Today is not that day. Today is not that day. Um. All right. So Matt, it kind of just ends with Matt being like, "I don't. What am I gonna do? Yeah. I don't. I don't know." Um, but I love. I love personally. I'm like, they're going to the waste. Everybody's going to the waste. Like we, like Egwene has to go. Avienda has to go. Matt has, Matt to, has go. to go. Everybody's going to the waste. It's gonna be fun. And I like Egwene and Matt interaction. Yes. So I hope we get more Ooh, of that. Yeah, good point. Good point. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed that little moment we got between yes. the two of them yeah. without Nene or Elaine there. Yeah. So it doesn't feel so unfair. Yes. Like they feel much more. Even yeah, the, the dynamics are just weird when they're ganging up on him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get to chapter 16. And, oh, God. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. I. <sighs> so Perrin is like having all these nightmares about Fael dying because of the white cloaks and is really freaking out about everything. And yep. he goes to see Loyal because his whole plan rests on Loyal taking him through the ways. Like he can't mm-hmm. get to Two Rivers in time unless. Loyal agrees to this, which, oh, rewind for a second. He told Fael to try yeah. to discourage her from coming with them. And actually, we didn't talk about this. At the end of her, like, weird cat fight, she is, like, has this idea about Ogier and Loyal. Right. So the last we've seen of her, she was headed to Loyal's rooms. So Perrin now <sighs> goes to Loyal's rooms. But can we just take a moment to appreciate Loyal? Because yes. we find out his parent is like, why is this room filled with flowers? Like, there's flowers everywhere in oh, Loyal's like our room. Our sweet, sweet Loyal. Our sweet, sweet Loyal during the battle gathered up all the children and like helpless adults he could find, put them in a room, and then guarded the room like the whole battle. Like, I'm gonna have chills talking about it. He's so good. I do also want to ask about Loyal's thigh high boots. <laughs> I was like, what? what? Like, 
I, I don't I even can't know. Even no, picture it. I can't either. I, I tried. To, I really like, did try. <laughs> I need to look up the cover of The Great Hunt. Yeah, he's on that one. Is he wearing thigh high boots <laughs> on that cover? Because I can't remember. And my books, I'm not at home right now, so the book's not here. So I, I could have like just Googled it. Like knee high, I can grasp. Knee high, totally. Thigh high? Thigh high? That's really high. That's really high. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just such a strange, like, why yeah so um so they have i just but i feel I like fail is in the room and she's like taunting perrin with like how amazing loyal is and loyal keeps his word and like loyal this and loyal that and you just know that poor loyal is in the middle of this stupid stupid i was i found everything about this to be infuriating yeah. like the way she treats him mm-hmm. the way she treats loyal the way yes. perrin and fail interact like yeah. everything about it was frustrating because basically file like forced a uh she tricked loyal into promising to take her through the ways and she gets to decide every piece of it Mm -hmm. and so she forces perrin into this position of like well if you ask you can come like and it felt it feels so again like childish and petulant very middle school there are lives on the line yes like there are very real people who are getting hurt and you are acting like a child. Right. And we have seen her be like thoughtful and strategic yeah. and like very discerning. Like she mm-hmm. under she like has a good eye for like what's going on and like how people are interacting with each other. So the whole thing is just the pettiest nonsense. And parents it's like, so I'm not asking her. Which is but also I have petty to go. And it's so petty and stupid. It's so everybody's like pride and ego are so overblown. And loyal is just like just be nice to each other and neither of them will do it. Like it's so irritating because it's like one Perrin is only bullheaded here, right? Yeah. In terms of like the way he's not putting the needs of the many mm-hmm. above his own. Like this is him putting his own needs above like what is should be. Yes. Like if it wasn't that if it wasn't that it was backed by the or like surrounded by the context of the white cloaks invading mm-hmm. the two rivers. I would be like, fine, you guys can have this silly little fight, whatever. Right. But when it's put against that, mm-hmm. you just all look horrible. Yeah, it, everybody looks real bad. It's true. There is a nice moment, though, towards the end of this where we find out that um, Rand yes. has, like, suggested to this Gaul, is, yeah. one of the Aeol, that, like, he go with them. And I'm just like, oh, see, like, he is. He and Perrin care. has this moment. Like, he does care. Like, he is trying to do something. So like, that he was can't nice. come, but he's yeah. sending who he can. Exactly. exactly. And it's very sweet, right? Like, yeah. but it was very unsettling when yeah. he's like, we're going through the ways. Right. And Perrin's like, does that matter? And Gull's like, death comes for all men. <laughs> I know. It's such a good moment. Yikes. Yeah. So then we, like, leave that nonsense, which went on for way too long. And we get and... a little bit of more nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, we Just do. Just a tiny bit of more nonsense. Yeah, because also, it does, it's so unclear what they're talking about. So it's Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine, and we're in Elaine's head. And they're, like, talking about Rand and, like, how cruel he is and how Egwene is so surprised how cruel he is. And, that like, I, the implication is that, like, she gave him some letter and told and him like, she was leaving and, and he seemed happy about and it. And they're mad that he wasn't like, no he stay. stay. I'm so sad. Don't leave me. Like they're like somehow, but which obviously we know they are misinterpreting. But what? like 
this is where I'm just like, you are reading this in such a negative way yeah. when you shouldn't be. Like, right. it seems unearned for them to be reacting in this yeah. way. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So It's just like, we need Especially her Especially because yeah. Elaine has been, like, saying how much she appreciates that Rand yes. treats her with respect as if she is a person who knows her own mind and has her own, like, goals and needs to do things, which we also know from being in Rand's POV that he does. Yes. So, like, what is the problem here? Ugh, it's so stupid. It is And then silly. there's this whole oh. land moment. Oh, my, my goodness. This is more, like, I didn't even, I just... Mm. I don't know what to do with it, right? Where you like have this? We've been hearing pieces of the way Lan and Nave have yeah. been. Yeah, like she's like cooking for him yeah. and like wearing his favorite colors. And but we haven't seen it in ages. Like we haven't seen the two of them, and we haven't had a Nynaeve or Lan perspective for a really long for a time. While, yeah, and so we get this moment <laughs> where Lan is furious. <laughs> Because he's like, you made me think you were going back to Tarvalin, and now I find out you're going to Tanchico, and I should be there to protect you. And Nene's like, you can't. You are bonded to Moiraine. <laughs> yeah. Like, you cannot. We have our roles. Right. But it's a little, like, this felt weird to me in that. Yeah. I was like, it's it's mean. Yeah. The way you're doing this. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. She's being very dismissive of him and his concerns. Which like which are you, valid, yeah. and especially if you're like trying to like romance him, which you clearly are, and then when he's worried about you, you're like, it's fine, it's fine, just like you just can't help, it's fine. And it's it's clear that like she is trying to get him to, I don't know, dissolve the bond, to walk away from the bond, but it has to be his choice. Like right. she won't ask him to do it, and she won't have him do it out of like last resort right right of like i need right. to come and protect you in tanchico yeah yeah um and you know skipping a little bit but like Egwene says like that it doesn't matter if you ask him or if you push him into it he's gonna see it as the same thing and it's right. just kind of this like oh well you know we'll deal with that later which, right so but weird. there is this like very intense kiss moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is like yelling at her, basically, like, "I love you, goddammit. I didn't want to, but I do, and like, I'm not gonna let you leave without this it's, big it's very, gesture." Like, yeah, it's like scream fighty, yeah. and then yeah. all of a sudden they're making out, and yeah. Elaine and Egwene are like, "Oh my god, <laughs> should we be here right now?" And then. I will say, like, Land gets this, like, wonderful, like, you have a made-up place in my heart. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and, and you're, like, swooning. It's, like, very, like, it's, romantic. Yeah, and you're is. swooning a little bit. Yeah. Um, Where he's, like, as you command, so do I obey. And it's, like, really, like, Elaine is, like, I can't tell if he's being mocking. I don't <laughs> think he is. Right, no. Um, But I feel like Nineveh is not handling this no well. that's an understatement hmm. so yeah so then we find out that avienda is going with Egwene. yep so she's not happy about it but they're going and then uh elaine and nynaeve are gonna go with the sea folk on the boat to tanchico and they're just and then it ends with elaine thinking about like how she's gonna like punish rand for not silly. it's so silly <laughs> it's so silly it is. It's it's like there's so many wonderful things that Jordan does so so well. Yeah. <sighs> Some of these are not them. <laughs> it's like it's rough stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Not our favorite. Not our favorite. 
<laughs> Our favorite and not so favorite moments. Yeah, that's right. We did say it at the top of the show. All right. Well, so that's been chapters nine through 16. We will be back with 17 through 24, if I did my math on the Yes, fly, I right? think you're right. I think that's right. Uh, of the Shadow Rising, if you would like to talk to us in between on social media, hashtag Tarvalin or bust. And thank you to our Patreon supporters, Catherine, Jetlag Jessica, support your local library. Yes. Sam S., David U., Amy R., Meridim, Mimi K., Amanda, Mark D., Heather J., Christina M., Malia H., Keith, Series G, Olivia K., Joshua S., Nicholas E., Michelle S., Michelle D., Danae, Destination Toast, Kat Esk, Jericho W., <sighs> Sayver Bouquet, Thomas K., Elizabeth F., Emily, Evans K., Ola J., Yulia S., and Brian D. And if you would like to join us over on Patreon, we are at patreon.com, Tarvalin or Bust. There is only one level, and it is $1. <laughs> and a big thank you to Brian Dunn, our fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net. That's Brian with a Y, Dunn with two N's. If you are enjoying the show, please do leave a review and or rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other people find the show, and we really appreciate it. Oh, and you can find us. <laughs> right. Uh, Jen, go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Book Riot's SFF Yeah and Get Booked podcasts. And you can find my name as co-editor alongside Swapna Krishna on the very recently published anthology Swordstone Table, which Preeti has a short story <laughs> in. If you like King Arthur, I feel very confident in saying you're going to love it. Oh, and right, social media. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Tumblr as I am Jen IRL. Uh, you can find me on Basie Geek Girls, co-hosting the podcast with Swapna Krishna. Uh, and like Jen said, source on table. Um, I also recently had a piece in Elle magazine. Oh, uh, so that good. Is, that is about writing Arthurian legend and inclusive Arthurian retellings in conjunction with seeing the green knight, which is so good. If you haven't so seen it, so good. good. Um, and you can find all my books that are available for sale and pre-order on freebeechipper.com. Uh, oh, and social media. I am at run with skizzers, S K I Z Z E R S on basically everything. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly Twitter and Instagram, I guess. Indeed. And this episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time. But it is an ending. Bye. Bye.